motherfuckers lost, I concentrate, you tell you got it wrong <laughs> People are positioned, I said we up on the level up, my name is Neymar And you know I'm the number, there is no competition I gon' tap and you gon' listen, I'm a I'm on 10 like men, even better than them, yeah I don't need fuckers like a German cause then My third eye's open and my fuckers ain't joking Yeah, you get it wrong, cause my fuckers is so strong And this is Unrelegated. Welcome to just another new year, new us, MLS Cup champions, Atlanta United podcast for the people. Well, by two different people, two women, in fact. I am Kelly Francis, as you know. This is the year 2019. This is our first podcast in 2019, and we are actually going to have two women doing the full podcast. I am overjoyed, ecstatic, um, somewhat in love because I'm staring at her right now. Um, I'm going to introduce you to our, my co-host for this entire podcast, and who you'll be hearing a lot of, uh, Jessica Hi, how Hi. are you? I'm extremely excited to be here. It's like a dream of mine, and yeah, also- to be sitting here on my couch. By the way, we're in we're in the second studio of Unrelegated, which is basically Kelly's living room. And I'll tell you, it's a beautiful living room. Thank you, thank you. And I've poured a champagne, so it's only uh, right that we sit here. Obviously, I feel like I feel like a queen. You should the queen Abs- of England. <laughs> uh, the the state basically that's gonna get Almiron in a minute, right? Oh, oh, there's sad face, sad faces. That's right. We'll get later to that, obviously, in the podcast. But uh, welcome, Jessica. How was your holiday break? It was quite the experience. Three so continents you, in three days. Three continents, three days. Wow. So you you obviously went back to England. Flew to- back here for a day because you know how flights are. They're ridiculous if you buy one-way tickets. So right. did a round trip, then headed off to Colombia to see the South America. How was that? How was Colombia? I played soccer at 5,000 feet in the mountains. Oh and my God. I'll tell you, if you think you're healthy, you think you're fit, go play at an altitude and it'll kill you. No wonder our friggin' Latin American players do so well. If you live in the mountains, you come over here and play at sea level. Whoosh. You're just like speeding guns just chilling. Yeah, yeah, no, you're fine. I wasn't chilling up there, I'll tell no. you that. Oh, so you know what's super funny is I just started playing back soccer um, after... I feel like I hadn't played since Thanksgiving. So you'd eaten a lot of turkey. So I'd eaten a lot of turkey. I'd eaten a lot of food. I drank a lot of booze. I basically went back and started playing on Tuesday. Did you throw up? I almost did. Okay. I There were a couple moments where I had to sort of just, you know, bend over Swallow. really quickly and <laughs> <laughs> take a deep breath because I felt like I was going to, everything was just going to literally come right back out. But yeah, no, it was, it was interesting. And then um, I also got super addicted to uh there's a show on netflix called uh tidying up with marie kondo okay i'm gonna have to start that one you uh, it's one of those things that i didn't think i'd be addicted to it and now i'm pretty much almost done with the season and my entire house is a wreck because i've decided i'm going to marie kondo my house so uh also in the whole studio aspect i've got a lot of that going on just a lot of stuff i'm getting rid of so if anybody wants some weird knickknacks i have a pile of them um but since this is our first podcast uh, for Unallegated in 2019, and also our first podcast since we won MLS Cup, um, 
there's a lot to recap. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal what happened. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a, just a little. Just the fact that we now have a star over. Doesn't it look beautiful? Oh I saw it in the draft today. I was like, I might just have to buy the exact same jersey just right? to get a star because I'm well, not going to stick the- one on. No, 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 no. So that's always the thing, though. Like, they're most likely going to completely re-release the King Peach, right? With the star above it. And then we're going to get our new kit. So some good marketing for the oh, uh, it's kit just, producers. That's good That's good money. That's mm-hmm. what that is. That's that's the inflow of the merchandise. It's it's smart. It honestly well, I mean, smart. we're all fools to it because we all know we're going to go and buy it. So. Yeah. And then Jay also, by the way, anybody that's listening is wondering where Jay is. Jay decided to take a social media break. So he also wanted to just take a mental health break, um, which is why I am leading into the podcast for this uh, first one into the new year. But Jay also told me that because, you know, the, the star is over now the King Peach kit and he didn't technically like it, but now he feels like he needs to. Because it's got a star over it. So now it becomes what? Because now it's 100 Come worth. on, Jay. Oh, of course it I is. I loved it from day one. I did too. I, You know, I had reservations with the King Peach just because of the geometric shapes that were in the front of it, the grays, mm-hmm. with a sort of um, triangles, obviously geometric shapes that were... Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't something that I immediately drew me to wanting to like it, mm-hmm. but I understood where they were coming from saying that it... Uh, resemble the shapes of the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, okay, I like that. My and biggest then- issue was laundry because I don't really like to... I'm a bit lazy when it comes to sorting. So you don't want to... St- ah, If okay. you put it in with your colors and... You know what? Oh, no, I have. I haven't done that. I have and it's it looks okay for now. So I'm taking a risk. Oh, okay. I'm a risky laundry person. Yeah, I don't like called. sorting either, so... I mean, does I mean, it really I sort make that much of a difference. Certain things that are white, maybe. I mean, I just end up washing it with all my towels because all my towels are white because I'm stupid like that. I did laundry for the first time when I came to college. I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> still kind of learning the rules of laundry. I just kind of hit the button and hope. Well, that I, I'll make a great wife yeah. one day. <laughs> <laughs> you, you and me both. I'm just I'm just faking it till I till somebody is like, oh, honey, let me take care of you. And I'm like, OK, please. he can cook, he can clean, he can tidy up. I can't do any. Where of those are you? <laughs> exactly. Kelly's man. <laughs> so obviously we won MLS Cup. Right. With a it was a strong win, too. Yeah. I mean, that comfortable. was comfortable. It was very Honestly. comfortable. Very good win, 2-0 I don't think I was nervous, and that's the thing. Most of these games, I feel like you're horrified. Once we scored yeah. the first goal, I was confident, and that's well, a nice that, new like feeling. Well, not only that, but the finish, Joseph's finish on that first goal was The composure, just, oh. you would have never told. That could have been in a pickup game where nothing mattered, and I think well, that's what's such a testament to his ability. Yeah, same with Parkey knowing to go in to take that challenge, and mm-hmm. then it, it obviously falls to Joseph. Joseph follows through, and then you take... To, for him to be able to do sort of the stutter step that he does mm-hmm. right before going in to make a, a goalie commit like that is just in a game in front of that many people yeah. with that much pressure on mm-hmm. you the most high profile game mm-hmm. that he's played in like wonderful and I'll tell you Alanchi and I I'm ready for it to begin because my uh my team back home's not doing so well so I need to get Aww. used to uh <laughs> I need to get used to winning again <laughs> <laughs> well okay so Obviously, solid win, right? Mm-hmm. 2-0 against Portland mm-hmm. Timbers. We get the star above our crest. Then we have the amazing parade in the streets of Atlanta. Which I, was I actually got in work. The, you ha- you, you got to work we, it. Well, no, we went to work. Our work crew from Soccer in the Streets, we all decided to head in and uh, mm-hmm. watch it. And that was brilliant. So you watched it down, obviously. Well, we only we at, made it to the Home Depot backyard. Because okay. uh, good old Phil. Hi, yeah. Phil, if you're listening. <laughs> we uh, we decided to work the morning and kind of yes. sneak out, catch the martyr as we do. Station soccer, you yeah, got to get the martyr. Yeah. Headed to Home Depot backyard. But the bit we did see 
fantastic yeah like, unbelievable i was actually in the parade fancy it, woo. so um me and my really good friend annabelle decided to uh Ooh, go annie. i love annie so we decided to uh walk the parade and i had already sort of been nursing sort of a cold because of the rain obviously oh from the last cup and it was rain. just it was cold can that we just say that tailgate the fact that we survived out there right? i am so proud of myself people say oh you're from england you're used to the rain by the way if i had a dime for every time i heard that during the tailgate <laughs> i would not be driving my little honda fit right now i'll tell you that because i heard that statement continually but that rain what was would a you be driving a honda creature. accord or something something fancy something a little maybe bit maybe a fancy. crv or something well it wouldn't have a uh, a dent in it from my crash still oh, i'll tell God. you that <laughs> but um it was cold yeah. and bitter yep but i'll tell you those tents became a freaking party mob tent had like I think six, maybe seven heaters in it, and they were all aligned in a row, and everybody mm-hmm. was sort of around the middle of the tent, but they had a DJ. It became Coachella. It felt it like Coachella. Was it was Coachella. crazy. I, I'm not going to lie. I took a 10-minute power nap in my car, <laughs> came back. Wow, really? Yeah, legit. I was cold. I put the air conditioning on, went That's into my cra- car, I, took a little I nap in my I car. I wish I would have thought of this. Like, I needed to re-schedule re, like schedule my life for the game. I was like, I need to chill. Yeah. So I went into the car, took a nap, and everything was better. Oh, I man. came back and footy mob turned into Coachella. And That's crazy. there was a fire, a fire pit. My clothes yeah. still smell of oh, a fire yeah. pit from that yeah, night. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, so after the game, me, Annie, and Blake all went back to Resurgence. Oh, my gosh. And they had, I don't know how many fire pits, the but people were like, stop. oh, there were, there were fireworks going off. There were like, there was more glitter being thrown and smoke bombs. I'll tell you for everyone like soccer fans mm-hmm. it was the most incredible day and even coming from england where like soccer is life yeah i am endlessly impressed by our fans and how much they loved it yeah absolutely because there were there were also people that were in from other teams like mm-hmm. the cooligans were there um there were a couple other people with uh copa copa 90 that were mm-hmm. coming in and everybody that we talked to was like this this atmosphere is insane you you will Atlanta has great tailgates to begin mm-hmm. with, right? Mm-hmm. We always have a good atmosphere. We also have good music and, and a, a good hype atmosphere around our tailgate, including the March in. But the MLS Cup was to a whole nother level. It was Tent City. It was Coachella. It And I like, just think that the weather unreal. would have turned off so many people. Not that many people have right. the confidence. Who wants to go I stand in rain? I was worried. I'm yeah. not going to lie because honestly, soccer tennis is my life at tailgates. And I was a little sad. No, we're, I'm I'm very well aware of that. There was I, no there was no soccer tennis. It would have been a health and safety issue, sadly. <laughs> so no soccer tennis. But you know what? Everyone didn't care about the weather, and I think I thought it was going to be a low turnout. No, I couldn't have been more wrong. Like we, I people think, manned the f up. Yep, got out did. there, didn't give two craps, and. My God, I'm glad it happened because that I will remember that tailgate forever. I don't care. Like I will as well. It was it was the best tailgate I've ever been to in my life. No, hundred percent unreal. It'll be really interesting to see what the tailgates turn I'm into about losing when the coach. when we go to the backyard. So that's just that's that's another thing to uh, be looking out. It's an adaptation. And yeah, we've we've had to adapt though as a fan base. Like going mm-hmm. from Bobby Dodd to to M- uh, MBS, and then also going from the tailgating from mm-hmm. Bobby Dodd and the march that we had in with Bobby Dodd with the tunnel and going into the stadium. I mean, that was one thing. But in I, two I, years, changes haven't ever like halted us, Mm-mm. and so I'm not worried about it. 
but it is going to be very different to be in that environment having having been there with the kids we do a lot of events over there it's a great like grass field for soccer events but grass for tailgates for cars for rainy days Mm -hmm. you know it'll be interesting what happens i think you've just got to think how would have that tailgate panned out for the MLS Cup in the rain. Right, because not only that, but On the fires yeah. and the flares. And it's going to... There's going to be more see- rules and that's yeah. what's concerning. But you know what? We've got this. There's a fan base, the supporters groups. I work with all four of them closely with my job. Everyone is amazing. And I know that no matter what, they're going to adapt perfectly. Yeah. So yeah. bring on the next bring season. Bring it on. Bring it. All right. So moving on, obviously, beginning of uh, the new year, actually right before the day before Christmas, we find out we got a new coach, mm-hmm. Frank DeBora from um, obviously Ajax. Obviously I had stents with Crystal Palace and Inter Milan, mm-hmm. which are not looked upon positively, but still I think at the time when he was going into those jobs, he was going into a, a club that was based around a certain uh, style of play, which he does not mm-hmm. He does not coexist with. No, so and I agree. They were trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where, particularly with clubs like Crystal Palace that have a completely different mentality to potentially what he's used to, you have to give coaches time and you can't just blame everything on a coach. At the end of the day, he makes the decisions, he may pick the players, but he can't change what the uh, people higher up than him right. think, the mentality that you have, the money you have to spend. A uh, bit of a plug, but on Netflix, Sunderland Till I Die, great documentary about Sunderland I've heard about that it's it's on my list to watch unreal but Chris Coleman Welsh manager absolutely incredible manager but if you get put into a team that has no financial backing Mm -hmm. or the players don't want to be there what can an amazing coach do you know so I think I understand why people are concerned Mm -hmm. and I understand a lot of the emphasis in the media was on his playing career which is also a little bit of a red flag sometimes because if you're talking about a playing career over a... A managerial co- career, correct. They're two different things. Yep. I'm going to use uh, Yapstam, Man United player. He came to coach at Reading, my team at home. Great player, but didn't really do the job coaching with us. So the two don't always e- equal. You know, right. a, great, a great player doesn't always equal a great coach, but right. I think we have to But I mean, he has, he has proved himself in a way with mm-hmm. Ajax, with the four mm-hmm. titles that they won. Exactly. And so he's coming off a great, a great season there. It's whether he can adapt to the MLS. Right. It's a completely different Europe to... There's um, a lot of different rules also here that we... Oh, a lot my of God. Restrictions. I, I'm not going to pretend that I'm knowledgeable of all that I'm stuff. I'm not either. Because I'm I've, not going to lie. I've tried looking into mm-hmm. the, the trade rules. I've tried looking into the MLS salary caps. The, the, the money the is just Tam, confusing. The Tam, shit, and I, I can't. I don't understand. And again, this is a separate note, but I don't understand. <laughs> this may be coming as a foreigner, <laughs> but America's <laughs> desire to always be so different to everyone else, particularly yeah. where it works elsewhere. But yeah. I'm not going to criticize it. It works for the MLS. I understand that you're trying to equalize things, trying to keep it at a level. I know in England, we have the financial fair play where you can't spend more money than you make. So you're right. not running at a debt, which is makes sense. But, you know, he's going to have to deal with those rules. But I think he has a great support staff behind him mm-hmm. that isn't changing. And the likes of Carlos... Yep. Mr. Bocanegra. Mm-hmm. We like him. He's I a- would love him. <laughs> Did you see his... Uh, so there's a picture going around of Carlos at the uh, MLS uh, Super Draft, and he looks like the most interesting man in the world. He's got the beard now. Oh, goodness. Yeah, no. 
he was handsome before. He's a he's a lot more handsome now, in my opinion. No I also have things with guys with beards or facial hair or glasses. So, so he ticks all the boxes. He the ticks moment. all the boxes. But uh, I think that'll be a big thing for him, the support staff. And obviously we know we've got the best owner, as far as I'm concerned, in the Aren't MLS. There? Absolutely. Someone that's willing to put money in. Someone that comes to the games. Like I don't think people realize what a big deal that is. The fact that he wants to be there. He's... A sweet old guy, but yeah. all he wants to do is be there and cheer on the team and he cares. And you know, and one of the craziest things that actually happened uh, after we won MLS Cup and uh, sort of up till now is obviously the Falcons did not have a great season this year. Losing this, season. Not that mm, I care about egg ball. We, and that's not what, what we should be. <laughs> egg ball. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, not that this is what we honestly should be talking about, but there was a particular interview that Fox Sports did where it was – just after um, Atlanta Falcons won. And the first question out of their mouth was Atlanta United. Can you blame them? Honestly, you now. You honestly can't blame them. It's and our Arthur stadium. was very knowledgeable and he was willing to talk about it. And then the next question right after that was about the Falcons. So it was that's also the meme going around from the Captain Phillips movie with, look at me, this is my stadium now. And it's true. Because as far as I'm concerned, we're the ones right. bringing it in. And I don't mean to disrespect the Falcons. I hope they do well. As I do as well. Know, I mean, I've a, been a Falcons fan since I was young. But the, the one thing that I also want to see more of, and it has been happening um, recently, and obviously we've become more adept and aware of it, but it's still a slow change to the all of Atlanta believing that our championship is real because I've also seen a lot of slack and comeback from people being like, well, it's just a trophy. I can't like, stand the whole soccer isn't a real sport thing. Right. Like that is the stupidest comment anyone can ever make. And they can at me because for me, there's a reason it's called the world sport. Like compare the numbers of people that worldwide. participate in soccer. You can go anywhere in the freaking world and you'll meet someone and you'll ask them, do you know who Man United is? And they'll right. say, yes, let's be realistic. If you ask, oh, go over to... Columbia and ask, hey, what about those Falcons? Right. Be like, I, uh, what? Egg ball? Oh, what oh, are you? Egg ball? <laughs> <laughs> what are you, what What's are you this about? ball egg you're talking about? <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, so this is just a perception that's going to have to obviously change and something that we're seeing change. It's culture. Um, start with the kids, which yeah, is what we do. You know, you start with the kids, make those kids believe in the game, take ownership of the game, and you've got to change that culture because the kids need to be playing with a ramble and not. An egg, an egg ball. ball. <laughs> oh <my laughs> okay, I'm done with the egg. Oh, God. <laughs> no more eggs. All right, so moving on. Um, we also signed some players. So the first one, obviously, here on our list that we actually had a conversation about when you got in here, <laughs> Breck Shea. Jay has obviously become Breck Shea's number one fan club. Of course he has. He's the, uh, and then he just released a wonderful, um, I guess it's a hype video of a Breck Shea, but it's the <laughs> Breakfast Club and oh it's Breakfast <laughs> Club. And Witty it's basically, oh, of course, it's Jay. So it's basically just an intercut of uh, Breck Shea moments with a video and a scene of the Breakfast Club. Um, by the way, if anybody ever has a, has a chance to just sit and watch through all of them, um, Jay's released all of these hype videos recently um on unreleg on relegated uh, social media pages so please go and check them out they are incredible um i did not think jay could one-up himself after all of the hype videos he did last year but he is automatically started doing it this year so it's just been very it's interesting. gonna be a so, big year for the jay huge. riddle hype videos oh for sure Oh, 100%. I mean, like, you can already tell by the no intros. Pressure, Jay. Oh, the intros have just gotten better. They're just, it's, it's it, 
the the progress and editing <laughs> from somebody that's within the film industry has just it's just it's next level it's crazy so Breck so Breck <laughs> so we had to talk about this because you're not necessarily the biggest fan of him I don't know enough right but I just know that I like his hair he has great hair <laughs> right because you said hair envy right yeah a little bit I mean he's had a lot of really interesting I would I would say is a correct word a hairstyles not only that but he's a lot of a lot of interesting clothing yeah. choices his uh stylist makes some interesting decisions I don't know if it's his stylist <laughs> or if it's just him picking these things out but we did have a conversation about these genie pants that everybody's very aware of these like really I think what they were they were like green genie yeah, pants they're pretty bright yeah they were pretty bright uh I would still wear them like if if somebody found them, you know and what? Gave them to Maybe me, you should auction them off a charity auction for something yeah. in the streets. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, we should I'm just come. Yeah. <laughs> if hey, you Brad, can donate, those <laughs> if you donate those pants, I'll uh, raffle them off for a charity <laughs> auction for the kids. I don't know. Maybe he still wears them constantly. So yeah, maybe they're not worth as much. Yeah, if they've been. and I don't know. We might have to <laughs> wash them a few times, possibly. Um, so moving on from Brexit because that's also semi all new. There's so much stuff has happened since we've been, I guess, quote unquote, off air. So most recently was the MLS Super Draft. Mm-hmm. And we had the 24th pick, right? So there wasn't a lot of really um, wheeling and dealing that we had to do. There was a lot of us waiting through all of FC and Cincinnati's picks because they decided to just buy the entire thing, mm-hmm. um, which was strange that different, that's the way you decide choice. to stack your team. Yeah. But I, the youth is the future. I youth, guess that's the what they say. The youth is the future. But the gap between college and professional is huge. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we were very fortunate in our first ever MLS draft. We did fantastic in our first ever. Extremely well. Like, unbelievable. And I don't think something like that's going to be easy to replicate. So if Cincinnati think they're going to get the likes of a Gressel. Well, I think a lot of of what we got from Gressel or or how we came to get Gressel was our scouting. Yeah. We've always had fantastic scouting. Mm Mm-hmm. And what you're finding with a lot of players that are being signed, which most people don't really recognize, is that we have discovery rights on a lot of these players that are being signed by other clubs because our scouting has been uh, first and foremost a priority for, for this club. So that's also when we get into the conversation about Anderson Asiedu, I believe is the name. I might mis- be mispronouncing that. I'm going to go I'm with sorry. Asiedu and hope, but we yeah, sound a lot more him- confident than the guy that announced him at the draft. Correct. So let's just act like we know. Anderson Asiedu. Anderson Asiedu. So one of the things that I think not only excites me about this player, other than the fact that he is just honestly a phenomenon. He's an internet sensation already. Just a lovable, most lovable, humble. It's a rags to riches story. Do we not love those in America? You absolutely love them. Not only that, but his personality on camera, his willingness to speak about everything, his uh, vibrancy and his just excitement about being part of the club. You can already tell he's the guy that's going to be first into the training ground and last out. Correct. You can tell he's he's doing the extra crunches. He's going to be like, you got this. Let's go. Let's do this. I'm going to make that extra recovery run if I lose the ball. I'm going to sprint a hundred times after the game because I want to be in the best shape of my life. Like... He is the player already. That and he's already I would said want he has team. something to prove. Yeah. So I mean, I've, I'm all for it. I think one of the most interesting things, though, that I did hear from uh, after drafting him, um, and it's something that I do believe, even though other people will be like, "Well, you're just saying that," but 
I do believe that one. he was the number one yep. pick. That you've got to think about that. I mean, when you won nine out of ten, nine out of ten of your tackles, um, that's something to look forward to. Not only that, but your your perseverance and your your work rate at the MLS Combine for you to become the M- MVP, MVP of the Combine. We're used to MVPs at this club. Yeah, I mean that's just what, just what we we're do. made of MVPs. <laughs> but I think for me. I, I believe them because I think that what would have deterred most of the other clubs from picking him would have been his height yeah. as a five foot six midfielder. And that's one of the things that people constantly said that he's yeah. just too short. But if you look at his build, he's not like a he's Barco who's, a, who's easier to get pushed off the board. I right. want to call him skinny, but he needs to get in the weight room. Yep. I think the thing about Asiedu is he's built. Yep. And from the little bit of footage I've watched, he knows how to use his body. He's got a low center of gravity and people are basically saying he's he's a thick midfielder just like remedy is exactly and remedy came in and bloody hell like i love the dude low-key one of the best signings (laughs) yeah absolutely underrated like i really think he could be talked about so much more but i think as the position he's playing when you're not talking about him it's a good sign yeah you want those people to be silent if you're talking about them you're more likely to be talking about errors than you are positive contributions so I think he'll add some competition. I think he'll add some strength. But most importantly, he'll add the work ethic and to push. Yeah. You need squad depth. You need to be able to push people. And I know we've got a lot of center midfielders. But yeah. at the end of the day, he's a young one. What is he? 22, probably. He's 22. So these are all the the information that we know about him. Obviously, Anderson's a midfielder. His height is 5'6". Uh, was born in 1996. Birthplace is Dorman Aikenro, Ghana. Um, his citizenship is Ghana. So he is an international slot. Um he, but he's been here for a while, so we'll right. be able to push. Or he just needs to get married like Russell. <laughs> I, I think I think what I heard is uh, people just basically being like, don't worry about the international slot. But I, that's also another thing that like another that rule. is beyond me, to be completely So many honest. rules. So many rules. So basically, he went to UCLA, but that's only after he had a stint at Monmouth. Uh, uh, Monmouth, sorry. And he basically was there and said that he didn't think that the competition level was a big enough challenge. And from what I read about his choice to go to that sort of small school was that, you know, coming, he went to a, a prep school, a private prep school right. after being scouted and he got a family there. And I understand how that is. When you come as an international, you leave everyone you love back home. If you get people that are like a family there, you don't want to leave them. So he picked a local school. He right. was being recruited by... North Carolina, top, you know, number one teams in the nation. But for him, he chose family and home over that, which I think is another touching thing about his character. Like he cares about where he's going to find a home. And he couldn't have been picked by a better team than Atlanta to fill that home vibe. Because I tell you, like I've said, you know, and I've tweeted many emotional times, but (laughs) Atlanta United soccer feels like a family. You know, you can be from all over the world and feel at home. So for someone like him that desperately wanted a family and actually dropped huge offers right over you know the choice of family this is the club for him yeah no absolutely so he obviously had a stint there and then wanted a bigger challenge um contacted ucla they said you can walk on but we don't have we don't have a scholarship for you Mm -hmm. luckily his um his support family was like we'll help you and then I th- what one of the most fascinating things is obviously there's a lot more information you can find them. Uh, Doug Arson had a great article about him on the AJC, and Jay also made uh, Jay for Unrelated made a, a great hype video also for Anderson. But one of the things that I found the most interesting is that he took the chance to go walk on to UCLA, and then they found the money for him, which shows he's worth it. Which shows that they were like, 
we want to keep mm-hmm. this kid. And from college experience, that's and he was some a the best players all pack twelve. Yep. Some of the best players are walk-ons because I'll tell you, being recruited, and again, I'm not gonna name any names or throw anyone in <laughs> under the table, but you can really edit a good recruiting video. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's not hard to put together two minutes of great features. Yep. So there's a lot of people on scholarships across America that probably shouldn't be on scholarships. Right. But someone like him who went in and got that money through showing his worth on the field. Right. Now that's someone we want. We don't need someone that has a great two minute mixtape. Right. You know, we've, we've had experience of players like that, you know, that look great on camera, but you know, can't produce. Can't produce. Yeah. So let's have someone that's shown consistently. Right that he's a baller yeah i'm so excited chance. i'm so excited whether he plays for atlanta two, whether he plays for the first team i'm just it's also one of the things i tweeted out that i just want to i want to i just want to mic'd up oh i don't want a camera following i him. just want him to be so excited like i can just, like, see, I just him in, see him walking can you imagine him in 5v2 room? though just playing 5v2 and just being <laughs> like no i've got the ball i'm gonna get it like I, he just looks like he would just go in on everybody yeah. and that's one of the things that he said that atlanta united released the full uh interview from the com uh, not the combine but from the draft uh-huh. uh, this morning. And he basically said one of his favorite things to do is to win the ball. Cause he, he said, when I have the ball, I have, it gives our team a better chance of everybody else performing well. I think so I want to go in and get the ball. already. I mean, that's what everybody else, he's just, how many letters is person. his last name? Can I afford to get it on the back of my Jersey? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. Um, so yeah, we signed him. Like I said, Doug, uh, Doug Robertson has a great article on the agency about him, about his story coming from Ghana, about his mom and just sort of all the hardships and, um, challenges he faced getting to where he is now and it's 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 really an incredible incredible story um so next up we had amir bashati uh, i also might be saying that wrong or bashti i bashti, i apologize bashti. everyone uh mls super draft also we picked him number 48 overall he's also a midfielder he um unfortunately wasn't able to be there at the super draft but how would you miss that uh, i'm sorry i hope there's sometimes a good... sometimes there's just reasons yeah you know? i hope there's a reason because that's hard on him though you yeah. don't want to miss something like that that's a pretty well, special you don't want, yeah you don't want the opportunity to miss obviously meeting the coach ahead of time getting your scarf that sort of thing that's sort of a but also players have to fly there and they've got to stay there. So it's, I'm it, it's sure we'll give him an excellent yeah. welcome when he yeah, does yeah, arrive. Yeah. I liked his little, did you see his little yeah, he Snapchat video? video. Yeah, yeah, that Thanks, was Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> so he played for four years at Stanford where he won three consecutive uh, NCAA national championships, which is not eh, bad. Uh, he totaled 19 goals and 13 assists. And he was also named first team all pack 12 in 2018 after scoring seven goals and adding six assists. So we'll take that. We'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, another signing that we had that's sort of under the radar was uh, Brendan Moore, who's a goalkeeper. Have you seen his highlight reel? I have not again. Okay. I told you selective highlights and as yes. a goalie, that's even easier to select, you know, right cut out the ones through your legs and stuff, but looks like a, a brave, strong young man. I mean, he's 26, which is young for a goalie. You're about to hit your prime at that age. Right. So I think with Goose, it'll be good to have just some more challenge to add to the mix. And he played at Rochdale over in England. And I just think if you can play in England where, as you know, Guzan actually wasn't the most popular man right. in England when he left. I'll tell you that. There right. were I had a lot of friends telling me they were glad <laughs> he was gone and he's come over here and he's a hero. So yeah. 
hopefully for more who's an American coming back home. Right. To, you know, his home nation. Gives you a boost in confidence. Gives him a boost in confidence. And I think that it will be a different style of goalkeeping and maybe it will suit him. I think that's what will happen with Goose. It's a different style of play in America. And I think maybe he didn't fit in yeah. in his last stint. Yeah. In England. Because It'll be interesting because, I mean, not only that, you've got Goose and you've got Khan that are yeah. there. And Khan, bless him. Yeah. Everyone loves Khan. Hometown yeah. boy. He's a hometown boy. Have you seen his brother, by the way? We were sat uh, mm. behind him once. This also, guy is a spitting Moore image is a hometown boy. He's from, Ro- he's from Roswell. Oh. Born in New York. Born in New York. But Roswell. hometown is Roswell. Oh, what is it? Us and these goalkeepers. I don't know. Atlanta. We're just producing them. We're a goal- we're goalkeeper we're goal- nation. <laughs> Clean sheet city. Clean sheet city. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody needs to make a t-shirt of that. Um, but, yeah. So, we, we've obviously signed a lot of people. We've, we've gotten a lot of um, depth. Depth. I think that's I think more the word. What, I don't I, know if anyone's set in my fire light yet. To be to be continued. To be continued. <laughs> but for now, I think it's about squad depth yeah. and adding that challenge. That's hundred percent. I think Breck is. By yeah. the way, he's somebody that people were up in arms because it's like, oh, he's gonna be taking away time from. Um, uh, Ambrose and he's gonna be taking away time from Bello. But when you think about it, we need somebody who experience experience and obviously when you're going to be going against uh teams in the ccl you need somebody that has experience that can get a little bit down and dirty that will provide that veteran you say how many games we're gonna have this season so many isn't a problem look at what happened to um toronto right you know they had a they they also had some really they were, hit, they were hit with injuries. But I do think that injuries come from consistent games. And at the end of the day, if you don't have games week in, week out constantly, you have longer to recover from your injuries. Correct. So I really think that depth, okay, maybe it looks like we're going to be sharing out game time. But when your game time is increased so substantially, right. then they're still going to be playing a, a lot of one time. Of, one of the most interesting things I think is what we're going to see this year is rotation and how that's used. Because... You know, Tata was not necessarily most famously known for rotation, uh, or which I don't, but I don't think is a bad thing. But every coach is different, so so it'll be interesting to see what Frank does if Mm -hmm. he rotates, uh, if he decides to play kids here and then what his priorities are. I think will be interesting. It's kind of like an England thing where you know some coaches really want to win the FA Cup. Some well, so that's one of the things that has been discussed. What is the most important? And I didn't really listen to my notes, but I kind of want to know from you. I have. In, in my opinion, CCL is top. That is the, what you go for. If you can win that uh, tournament, you win that tournament. Mm-hmm. And and that's where all of your, you put all your chips in that basket. Yeah. Kind of like a Champions League in Europe. Yeah. You put all your chips in that basket to win the CCL because no MLS team has. No. Well, no, excuse me. LA Galaxy have, correct? I I I need to do research on that. Please, everybody, please don't at me if I'm completely wrong Look, with that. Just but know that I arrived in America four years ago and the MLS wasn't a thing in England. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my excuse. <laughs> so that's this is obviously a, a tournament and a champion a championship that we want to we want to win. So that we it's not it's international exposure at this point. Yeah, and I think and not that's only why that, it's important. but it also gets you to a the bid. Cup World Cup, mm-hmm. the Club World Cup, excuse which me. makes you the best club. You have the potential to be the best club, which in the no entire MLS team world. has been to the Club World no. Cup. So that would actually also mean that no team, no MLS team has the well. So there we go. Boom, we've proved it um, through. Uh, I may or may not be wrong on that, <laughs> that that thought process here, but still. 
in my opinion, you put CCL first. And then depending on if or when. I'll tell you, I agree with that. The one thing I've read that I don't agree with is the open cup is higher than... Uh, MLS whatever. cup. Yes. See, the, the, For me, here's, no. here's the thing. Um, from the timetables of when the CCL is over and when the open cup is starting, mm-hmm. we, it's actually not overlapping. So that's why the focus, it should be easier in theory should, to do well in the open cup. It should be easier to do in theory well in the open cup. And the open cup will also get you in back into the CCL next year. If mm-hmm. we don't happen to, to get to well the enough. points uh, over two years mm-hmm. or win the MLS cup. So you should be able to, Put all your chips into one basket for the CCL, depending on how well you do on that. If when we win it, <clears throat> positive thinking. When we win it, then we also will be able to shift our gears and refocus on the open cup because they're not overlapping. Which I understand, but just for me, and I guess from my experience, just how clearly we didn't take the open cup seriously last season. I mean, I know it was I a mean, squad rotation thing, but I'll tell you that game was one of the most dire. Sure, her fire experiences ever yeah and not only did that game piss me off because i didn't get in until about 25 minutes into the game because oh, no. the it was a day all the app went wrong oh and the, the ticket oh. yeah so i was already salty but then i tell you <laughs> i used to be a romaria williams lover as anyone that has followed me on atlanta united fan tv knows but that game whoo did romario upset me <laughs> oh i'm so sorry <laughs> oh, but uh, but in all seriousness look i would take any silverware yeah. And I think we're a third year team. We mm-hmm. have to be realistic. We can't expect to win every year, but we have to have that positive Amen. mindset. Yeah. We have a good enough team to do it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's very easy being an Atlanta United fan right now. Yeah. I'll say that it's very easy. We've had winning records throughout and it's not always like that. And I hate to be it's someone that's always, a realistic. No, it's not but always sunny. No, look, absolutely. If you've supported Reading FC your whole life like me, you'll understand that <laughs> Think you one, one minute you can be a penalty away from the Premier League, the next you can be in the relegation zone. Right. So I think that we have to be very proud of how our team is doing, mm-hmm. but also be realistic. And yeah. at the end of the day, the true fans, and I'm sure everyone out there is a true fan, but it'll be interesting to see if times turned, who was still there. Yeah. But I don't want to be a denter. Let's get I back on the yeah, positive no, thing. No, no. Positive I again. really, really, truly believe we're going to be a, have a fantastic season. I do too. But I think that everyone has to realize that we can't be expected to win everything every single year. We can't be expected to. Yeah, we should I would agree want. That. We should want to. We and I think want. we do. And I definitely think that all of the players that are coming in from have their a desire break, to win have a desire to be like, we are going to go out there and we are going to make history. I mean, I look at the parade. Them, look at the yeah. parade. Everyone was like, we're keeping this trophy. We're ke- Oh, yeah. No, they it's were not our. letting that thing it's go. out. I mean, obviously, they took it to Magic City. They were prepared but- <laughs> to keep that thing. I mean, I don't think anyone else wants that trophy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta, you can just keep it. You can keep it. You can keep it. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a really quick break. Uh, it's going to allow me to fill up my champagne glass a little bit more. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about the players who are staying. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And the players who could be going. Uh-oh. Okay. I'll be back.
back. Um, it's still obviously two women talking, so just pre-warning everybody, nothing has changed since break. You're welcome. <laughs> I just need to let them know, I guess. Yeah, I didn't. No, I, I, did, like I didn't change genders post, you, post-restroom use. You didn't? No. 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 Sorry. Sometimes Sorry, I do. Everyone. Sometimes it, there's like a, a, a serious question. You can call me Simon now. <laughs> Oh, that would be absolutely hilarious. So we really did that. Like go into the bathroom, come out and be like, you can call me Simon now. Um, no, it's, confuse, it's still, it's still Jess everybody. and Kelly here. Still Jess and Kelly. Still Je- Well, is it is it Jess and Kelly or is it Jeff <laughs> and Carla? All right. All right. I'll tell you something. My freshman year of college playing soccer, we used to always get Subway. And I guess our coach used to call up and tell them our names on the sandwiches. Yeah. Every freaking time it would say Jeff on my sandwich. <laughs> and I was a freshman. So all of them would be like, oh, Jeff. 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 Jeff is your sandwich. Jeff, here's your sandwich. So. As, as my really good friends know, I absolutely also adore Subway. Um, and a uh, funny little story. I was in Paris recently um, when, I was, when I was visiting there. And I was with my sister. And we, Paris is known for being a culinary city, right? So you go there to enjoy the food and the wine. And Subway in France. Maybe. <laughs> I okay, so I obviously hit a I hit a wall where I was like, by the way, the sounds that are being happening right now is my dog deciding she wants to be rambunctious. But I hit a wall with the food where it was like we had such good food and Too it was so cheese. wonderful and there was a lot of cheese and there were a lot of things and it was delicious, but I hit a wall where it, I like, just want my Italian chub and cheese bread. <laughs> <laughs> I hit a wall where we were about to go to the Eiffel Tower and I was like, I just want comfort food. Like I want Subway's your comfort food. It kind of is though. Like I, it was, no, it was something where like I knew that if I went there, I would know what I was getting and like I knew what it already t- tasted like no, and like my body that was, was kind of like me in Colombia. Sometimes you want something safe. You don't want yeah. an epicon queso or chicharron anymore. You want something a little you bit more basic. Big, like a Big Mac. Yeah. Or a French fries. KFC. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes these things happen. It's just, it's the it taste tastes like home. home. <laughs> <laughs> it did. And it was wonderful. And um, I'm not going to lie because this is just what was going on. I literally walked three blocks in Paris in a fur trench coat (laughs) with my hair done and my makeup done but what bread and heels and i got italian i got italian herb i'm not stupid i'm not stupid if i'm gonna go all out i'm gonna go all out um but anyway where did subway even come from what do you mean i don't know how Uh, how we got into this story yeah because you were talking about subway we're talking about jeff and anyway oh jeff (laughs) speaking of jeff Jeff! (laughs) (laughs) jeff staying okay so one of the biggest things that i kept thinking um obviously at the end of the season is that obviously if we win mls cup we're losing jeff Mm lorenowitz because he's a veteran like this is one of those trophies that he wanted to prove to himself like I'm, I think he had already won previously with another team, but basically in my mind, I thought one, we're going to lose Jeff because he's, he's ready gone. to retire. Yeah. yeah. He's, he, he's, he's over it. Like he, he doesn't want to do this anymore. That sort of thing. Right. And people like to end on a high. You want to end on a high. Absolutely. And the same, the same that I thought with Parky. I mean, Parky tried four times prior to this i can't believe how many fantasy lost. i thought he was gonna be our curse i'm not gonna lie really reading you those thought? stats no but like when you read the stats on someone that yeah. many times it's like are you destined to win one 
Like, are you right. really are destined? You, are you destined to win one? Or are you destined to be always on that, that team? That one that's, that's always close? gets the second medal. Yes. Like, can you imagine how painful that is having oh. the runner up? Every Do you think time. he even displays those? Do you think they're like just no. in a? They're no, probably. You, you no, know, you put probably, those in a drawer. Yeah. Maybe and now you keep. You maybe keep he puts them. them around the first one. Now, like there's a winner, <laughs> and then just the. No, I place. think I think after you have the, I think after you have the gold, you're just like I'm just gonna throw all these silvers. I'll away. give them to my kid. I'll give them to my kid. <laughs> Let my kid run around with them. Let them play with them. You know, things like that. Because they don't mean a lot to me now. Because I'm a obviously I'm a, I'm a champion. Yeah, no, that's one of the things that I thought was so wonderful when he was talking about the celebrations for winning the MLS Cup is that he said I thought about the champagne room like yeah. i thought about champagne in the locker room he's and always the like. one that has to watch the confetti be the different color like have oh. you ever thought about it like that like no i, I haven't I've that lost, hit me hard like, if you've ever lost a final before or like an important game you always remember watching everyone else like run off and celebrate and you're just the one sat down in the middle of the center circle like it's, this is really depressing. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> this took a I'm turn. I'm like thinking about wow. like the times when, but when you lose a big game and everyone else yeah. is celebrating, think about penalty shootouts. Like, oh my god! And I'm so glad it didn't come one, down to that. Yeah. By the way, this year oh because gosh. that Columbus penalty shootout killed no. me. If you imagine ever being the ones not running to celebrate, like that was always him. Oh he was always god. the one sat down, particularly as a defender. Yeah, just like sat lonely, and I bet that. Can you imagine how lonely the Mercedes-Benz would be when you're the losing team? Like, oh I gosh. almost feel bad for Portland thinking like that. I don't. I don't at all. I don't at I'm all. I'm a good person. I know you're a good person. <laughs> I am too, but I don't feel guilty at all. There was actually a moment which when, because I've rewatched the, uh, that game a couple times, not going to lie. Just a couple. Uh, just a couple. Uh, but there's a, there's a point like right before the whistle's blown where Parky has the ball and it just slowly comes back to him and they're building out of the back again. And you can see him literally He's fist like, pump, like I've fist punch the air, and was like, "Oh my god, I'm a winner!" <laughs> like the the fact that that realization was in his face and like in his entire being that he was about to finally win, finally win. I so like in that regard, like a hundred percent, go out on a high. I did not think we were getting him back. So when we had these whole discussions, the whole discussions, obviously because he's only on a two year contract. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff was only old. on one. I believe. And then we had to renegotiate for him uh, because he would have become a free agent after as going into our second year. But um, yeah, that, 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 because we had to renegotiate for him and because Toronto and, and I can't remember the other teams right now, but I remember are a bunch of people interested. There are people that were interested were. in and, uh, MLS got players that played consistently throughout the season, but yeah, I'm glad they stayed. I think, them being the age they are with children mm-hmm. and stuff probably had a lot to do with it. You don't want to keep uprooting your kids, changing yeah. different places, particularly if you do only have like a year left in you. Yeah. I think retirement is nigh, but maybe, you know, that win just gave them that push of being like, you know what? I'm not ready. Yeah. Like I'll tell you, like even finishing college, like after four years of playing college, you never want it to be your last game. Yeah. And I think maybe because they went out on such a high, it was like, you know what? I've got one more year in me. I think, and if I think if any of the years for them to come back, one of the years to come back to try and win CCL, I think is also a huge factor. They've earned us the spot there. Yeah. So it would suck to be watching that on TV. Do you know what I mean? When you've got the team there Mm -hmm. to then have to be watching it from afar. Yeah. I think it's almost like it's a two year kind of, 
deal right. you know like, i got us there I got i'm us going there, to see I'm it through go see it through and yeah. i'm very glad they did i'm glad they sorted it out and i think they're the experience we need i also think it's a nice thing because now we can do the youth the mix the youth with the experience right they don't necessarily i doubt they'll play as many minutes as they have done in the past we'll no, probably and i don't i don't and think, I don't that think we should. should yeah i think the plan is that now rather than just throwing them out and throwing like newbies young kids in yeah we now have that balance between youth and right. experience because i feel like miles is more more than ready to step yeah. up and take and his feet like i just love miles he's fast he's fast he's become he's become more intelligent disciplined on the ball. more yeah. disciplined more relaxed more comfortable and all of that's with minutes but by having the backup of the experience alongside mm-hmm. him and in the training ground to learn like you can't learn from anyone better than like Parkhurst when it comes to MLS. You can't. And the, and the same with this sort of this whole thought that Larry will sort of drop back to CB more often because mm-hmm. you're looking at Rometty and and Nagby in the yeah. in the midfield and they've got it. And what a midfield that is. Oh my god, how beautiful. I the the the, the pairing of those two it's has just, just done wonders. And and you know you I thought that when we together lost forever. Yeah, when we lost Carmona, yeah. I thought oh. what what are we gonna do we gonna do but i carmona who right like i hate to say it no right no no you're absolutely right because i i keep i i I forget how much i loved him yeah Yeah. because now he's been replaced yeah and he was the irreplaceable player yeah and i'm just hoping that's how we feel about miguel eventually yeah you know what i mean like right now the thought there there's attachment in their sentiment so I, I agree. Carmona was a player that I absolutely adored. He his work ethic, his ability to be on the ball and, and win the balls and win the tackles and and to be there as a rock when we needed him to be there. Um and, and also to love the fan base like he did. Um I'm st- I was still a little the the leaving thing with I, him leaving. I didn't like the whole wife pregnancy reasoning not getting on an airplane getting on an airplane there was there was some it didn't excuses that maybe didn't fit with the truth so i feel like it was it was carmona wanting to go and they had to find a A reason a reason for it to go we would have had more respect and more i think it wouldn't have been salt in the wounds if he'd just been up front and been like you know what this is where i want to raise my kids this is where i want to play my soccer I loved you guys. I love my experience, but America's not for me. Rather right. than putting us fans in a position where we felt terrible because he was going through something that we thought, you know, right. was such a problem, and then you're on vacation. So the, the anyway. entire thing left left it a, a sore mouth. A sore, yeah. What's this phrase? I don't. Uh, a sour taste. A in sour my mouth. taste in your mouth. There yes, go. there you go. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was just one of those things where I was I. It didn't, it didn't feel right. And then, and then now we're left with this hole, right? That we couldn't feel that we couldn't fill. Right. So we had Nagby and Larry in the midfield and that did well. I mean, Larry's, it was better than we thought it was going to be. It was be, better I than think. we thought it was going to be. I mean, uh, and also Nagby taking a different role um, on for our team than what he's been expected to do in Portland. I thought also was nice. But I think because, he found his role. Yeah. He, I definitely think he found his role. He's not, He's not a Miguel. He's not he's not gonna get he's into the old. final third and, and finish it out. I mean, I would love for him to start taking his chances more, yeah. absolutely. Because he has a shot on him. Because We've oh for it. sure. We've seen it. Could, did you uh, I remember the, the goal, the about. best goal he ever scored and it was given it was uh VAR'd out, right? Ta- yeah. Yep. 
with with Joseph being yep. too close to the yep. post. But nah, one of the things I will say, what I loved about the MLS Cup game against Portland is that Nagby wanted that goal so oh, bad. So much. The entire game, he was just shooting. And if he would have gotten against Portland, I would have. Do you think just, he would have celebrated? I think he's too good for that. I think he's. I don't know. I think he's a good enough guy that he would have respected his former. But he would have wanted it. He would have wanted it. I think <laughs> in his head, he'd have been like, yes! yes! Like knee sliding and kicking down corner <laughs> flags. But like, he would have probably just like clapped <laughs> in reality. And I said, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Yes, thank you. But no, no. So like, in that regard, it's 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 sort of interesting the way that this team has formed and, and the way that the players have stuck with us now and, and the way that we see certain players and their value on our team. And this is also where this sort of contingent comes up because there's a certain player on this team who costs a lot and a lot of people are not particularly fond of. Or, or his their wife. Di- or, uh, <laughs> or their defensive <laughs> I should be. So Chris McCann obviously is staying. There's been a lot of people that are like, we need to ask him to reduce his contract. 500000 for depth piece is a shit ton of money it's a lot of money um however i do i will agree with the what they quote quote a mccann apologist um and the fact that he does bring uh aerial ability when we get into talking about defensively he can he's great for headers um and he does come in and fill a void when we need it so obviously going into a ccl year this is a depth piece that we can need because he can be on the wing or he can be a center back, even though people necessarily don't necessarily want him as a center back. But you, you've you got options for yeah, Chris he, He's a diverse player, but is he $500,000 of, of diversity? Of yeah. I don't think so. And I think that he's... I think coming in to when co- he was signed, because when, he was obviously yes. signed before we had Tata. Yeah. So he's coming. he was coming from, at that point in time... Ireland, correct? I think so. So you're you're gonna look at or the, Europe, yes. Yeah, yeah, he had he had he a had a great he has a great backstory, but I think we've signed him towards he's out of his prime, in my opinion, and I think that some he hasn't sat well with a lot of fans, and some of that may come down to his personal life. And I don't I don't want to chat bad on his wife, but I think she stirred some fans the wrong way because. We as fans are all in touch to an opinion and that comes with the nature of your job. If someone's yeah, earning 500000 a year, they can be criticized however they want by the paying fans that at the end of the day pay their salaries. Right. You know, it's me buying a jersey that pays for his salary and, you know, in the yeah. scheme of things, you know. Yeah. So fans are entitled to their opinion. I don't rate him enough for him to be taking up that much salary, but I think that he's a good player to keep if you can renegotiate it down. And I think as a as a player, you have to think about the club and yourself personally. And I, I understand he's got a family to support. I understand that he came in with an impression, but the best interest of the club is surely to, to decrease that price if he wants to stay. Because let's be honest, if anyone was to sign him, do we really think they would be offering him a 500000 No, but that's also what contract? we saw with Breck Shea, right? So Breck Shea was at a very high price point. He... I think when he was playing for Vancouver, he and everybody can correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't actually looked at his numbers, but I believe it was anywhere between five hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars. He was an expensive player. He was very expensive, and he went on as a free agent. And I'm almost positive 
we we're not paying. oh we are not paying that and and we, we shouldn't went, no. and we don't have it and i think that's what we have to think with mccann and i but don't I think like the, the thing term was, mccann has already signed a three-year yeah, contract yeah, that's the thing we we signed him in advance and you're not going to pay down that contract because no. there's no point no. it's so i think we just have to man up and take it for now but i think is it is it a sum of money that we should be spending elsewhere yeah Maybe we'll we'll see that next year and in, yeah. in, in our opinion if once the contract is over then i we don't think see. we're gonna resign him I, I don't think so either it's no offense chris that's, if you're listening that's, yeah no it's, it's not <laughs> i don't think chris mccann listens yeah. to our podcast no i don't <laughs> I hope um, he so there are obviously a lot of other updates going on and then this is when we start getting into money and and transfer rates and how much is a player worth right and in, and in football soccer whatever you want to call it the money is ridiculous money isn't real no. That's how I like to look at it. The sums aren't real. Right. No, and they're not. So you're you're going off the value and the quality of a player and what he will bring to whatever team he's going to and how whatever. much that team yeah. has. Like soccer is all about money these days and that's why I tell you I don't understand them, but some of the rules in America are a good thing because when you look at European teams and how much they're signing players for, it is disgusting money. It is just like it absolutely literally disgusting. is sickening. Yeah. And what's sickening is someone can go in and buy a team. And change them like that just by having money. Right. Like, it's yeah. insane what an owner can do and how you can take it. I mean, Man and City. It's also Man City used to be a bang average EPL team. Bang average. Like, yeah. I seriously remember when I was 10 watching Reading beat Man City. And it wasn't even a big deal. It wasn't like we beat Man United. We beat Man City. Right. And now with money and an owner, what are they now? They're, They're one of the most expensive yeah. teams so in the world. When a team is worth. And it was Man City that played Burton, right? And beat them 9-0, I think it was. In yeah, the, yep. Recently. When they talked about the worth, like Burton wasn't even worth the price of one player. And that all they have, one is a League One team and one is a Premier League team. There's yep. two tiers between yep. them. The money in football it's is ridiculous. And yep. Miguel Amaron and his asking is just a sign of, and I love the guy, but it's just insane money. Yeah. So if for anybody that's, I guess, been under a rock um, during holidays, uh, Miguel is obviously getting sold. It's where he goes to right now is up pending. for debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely pending. And it, it's definitely depending on who gets him. And who so, has the money. <laughs> correct. So from everything that we've been hearing with Newcastle is Newcastle doesn't want to pay. No. Well, they have a... A chairman who's correct, like we talked about earlier. There's chairmen that want to pull the plug on the money, and I just don't think they're ready to invest those sort of sums. But however, the coach and the wants him. The coach wants, wants him. He's him. their not their number one target. Yeah, and I don't blame them. No, <laughs> and they're, I think they're he's, saying he's they what have... Newcastle needs. Yeah, no, he's absolutely. the creative spark they need. And am I slightly concerned about how he'll adapt to the Premier League? Yes, the Premier League and the MLS are very different, but I do think he has the ability. It's to adapt, what, I agree to adapt. as well. I just think it will take time. I yeah. don't think he's going to be running Drop in players. and then go in, yeah. Yeah, I think it will take time, but... It'll whether- be interesting. It'll be definitely... So, as of right now, with what um, uh, Miguel's agent said, there, there are um, two to three clubs in Europe that are looking at him. There's Newcastle, West Ham probably, right? Yeah, West Ham has been one of them. Yeah, and I don't know the third. So, 
you're looking at uh, teams, obviously, in Europe looking at them. You're looking at teams in Germany and Italy and Spain looking at them. And then one of the ones in Spain is Real Betis, which are on the verge of being able to grasp a uh, a title and to be able to get into a championship playoff. And so I think you're looking at two, you're looking at two different situations. I can right? see so why looking- he would want to go to Spain. I think the language barrier already is there. And I know he's already in it, but the style of play too. Like the Spanish play will suit him. Premier League, look, it. I don't I don't want to sound like someone, like, oh, the Premier League's so different, but it is. A- English style of soccer is very different. It I think he'd be great in La Liga, I really do. And I think La Liga would be more of a fit to someone that's a twinkle toes, that's a bit more lightweight. And I know he's been working hard in the gym. Yes. Like I see all the time on Instagram how hard he's working and he needs that body strength to compete in Europe because you see, a, uh, in England rather. Yeah. Because you see it all the time. There's a lot of players that come. They don't shine in England. It doesn't suit them. And they go off to La Liga and... They're star. They're stars. Yeah. So I think La Liga would be a smart move for him. But financially, if Newcastle can find that money. But I don't think we're going to let him go for anything less than what we're asking. Yeah, for. we're asking for 30, right? So you're looking at the, the transfer rates, obviously, for 30 million. So that equals out to 26 million in euro and 23.3 million in pounds. Which is a lot of money. <laughs> Which is still a but lot of money. And then you've got his wages on top of that. And from yeah. what I read, he's looking for 100000 He was looking for 100000 I mean, from what I've... <laughs> and we're bitching about Chris McCann's 500000 yeah, a year. <laughs> so... <laughs> Perspective. It's very ironic. Thank you. <laughs> but no, and when you're looking at it, the 100000 a week is right what was asked. And when Miguel's agent went and talked to Paraguayan uh, National Radio, he said that the personal salary has already been fixed, right? So they've already come to an agreement on whatever his weekly salary rate was. That wasn't the problem. The problem that they're still waiting on right now with Atlanta United is the transfer fee. They have not agreed on how much they're willing to pay for the transfer fee, which is what's holding up the negotiations right now. So it's a matter of right now, Newcastle, I don't know if they're trying to see if Atlanta United is going to budge and reduce on the transfer fee, but I know our front office and I know that they're strong and they're resilient. I saw that they with the Independiente yeah. whole debacle we had last year. They're not going to budge. And we have a product model at the end. They were bringing in these young people and trying to sell them for a profit. It's a very clever way. We're, we're running as a business. Soccer clubs run as a business. So right. you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't in a regular business. You wouldn't I'm not going to sell you sell my you. Porsche exactly. for less than it's worth. Well, exactly. I'm not doing that. And so why would we drop on it? So I think no. that we he's going to go, but it's for the person that's willing to pay the correct sum of money. Yeah. No, I absolutely, absolutely agree with you. Um, so in that regard, there's a player that's been coming and been announced to replace him. And pretty much he himself he and all said, of Argentina. He's coming. Why can't we just freaking announce it, guys? Come on. Do you, uh, uh, are people not on social media? Do they not see that everyone's already given it away? It's, you know, what's so funny about this is that it's the worst kept secret because even my dad called me the other day and was like, let's talk about pity. And I'm like, 
dad the fact that you even if know you he's know, coming yeah. to atlanta united means that it should already be announced i feel like but they're I gonna under- do a reveal and they're gonna be like on instagram guess who's coming it's such a surprise oh my god <laughs> i feel like this is like one of the tweets that darren's just gonna tweet and he's like we got pity and yeah. we're gonna be like there's no surprise no there. shit Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things that like he himself has openly talked about in interviews about yeah. him coming to atlanta he said goodbye he, he said, said goodbye. goodbye to his team Thank um, you for everything, guys. Yeah, he said goodbye to River and, and peace he, out. Yeah, he, I'm he, off to the USA, I'm off bitches. To the USA, America, <laughs> because they believed in me. Like he's openly talked about Atlanta United, um, the national Argentinian, um, the national team in Argentina has also talked about him coming to Atlanta United. I mean, almost all of the media in Argentina is just uh, agreeing that he's. So we know he's coming. It's just a matter of when. when. And so this is one of the talks that's also been discussed on like. Well, does it happen before we sell Miguel or does it happen if if we happen to not sell Miguel, do we loan out another player? And this is one of the players that we've also talked about because he's now injured. One of the things that has been coming up that if if the possibility, the big if, if we can't sell Miguel, then we do we loan out Barco. And one of the one of the craziest things that I thought going through this whole timeline of uh, of the off season is that independiente independiente independiente. Thank you. I've had too much champagne. Independiente has already asked to loan back Barco, which is crazy. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> but we he just hasn't done secured his rights, and Independiente is like, want him hey, back? Can we have him back for a but little bit? But he probably misses it too, honestly. I, <laughs> but this is one of those things that you sit here and you think, obviously Miguel wants to go. Obviously, as a team and as a as a front office, we want him to go off because we want that model Money. to be there. But this is one of those crazy things where you the the ifs start piling up. If he doesn't go, do we loan Bargo back to Independiente? Or I'm I'm sorry, like literally, guys, I'm on my third glass of champagne. I apologize. I'm driving, so I'm I'm gonna be the sober one on this. She's uh, been pod. she's just drinking water right now, um, and I'm also nervous, but. Anyway, so like that, the, these are the points of contentions, right? So, because he has, he, they announced the injury. Of course, when, when on social media the injury was announced, everybody went to immediately worst case scenario is that he has to have surgery, he's out for the entire season. And it's and, just tendonitis. And then it's just tendonitis. <laughs> I mean, it's not Which, that it's you know, just, I'm you have to rest. Yeah. You have to rest, but it's not a major thing. He hasn't torn an ACL. It's not a load of rehab. It's just rest. So right. he'll be just fine. And yeah, I guess I would loan. I mean, if we kept Miguel, I would happily loan Buck. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I I, I wouldn't miss. Could him you too imagine? Much. Could you imagine a team where Pity and and, and Aaron play together? Oh my god! We, and Joseph what and a dream. Tito Villarreal. This is like a dream. Can I wake up? <laughs> no, we w- it would be unfair to MLS. It would. It would be. It would be <laughs> so unfair. We would be the bullies. Like people hate us enough already. Like we're it, literally. We hated. would literally be the Barcelona. Yeah. Of, like, of MLS. I don't want to be called a glory hunter. Please don't call me a glory <laughs> hunter. <laughs> but it, it's those are one of those things that, that that's being talked about right now because even though we as a fan base uh, have accepted that Miguel's going and we support it because we want him to achieve his dreams and we want him to do well because when he does well, we do well. Exactly. And it's a good look on us. And the thing is, I can just see us being able to bring more and more young yeah. Latin players in because we use him as an example. We've already look, started give the us model. Two I mean, years. obviously we're getting pity. Yeah. South American player of the year. Well, exa- they want to come to us because they see it as a bridge yeah. to Europe. Yeah. And particularly with the likes of Darren Eels and how connected we are in Europe already. Yeah. 
we have those links. And this is this is one of those things where it's like, a hundred percent, we have a bridge to Europe. Come here, play for us. We'll expose you. Give us some good time. Yeah, put an effort in. And, and then, then we'll let you go. You. And Absolutely. we're not going to cling on to you. We're not going to be that team that's like, you can't leave. No. Correct. You've and we're here to support you and we're here to support where you want to go because eventually, I mean. Because we're not the, stupid. We understand the MLS isn't your end goal. We're no. not stupid. <laughs> no, absolutely. And we understand that that's going to make your value go up. It's going to make our value go up. And then we're going to have to buy two of you. We agree with it. But I think one of the things though, especially with this Amaron deal, is that the bridge has to be completed yeah and he'll that's be the biggest the first, thing right now yeah he'll be the first example so yeah. let's honestly hope it goes through yeah so a couple of important dates coming up that i want to sort of let everybody know about obviously when this is coming out it's monday happy hello monday, happy everyone. monday everyone uh if you are listening to this before 11 a.m eastern standard time uh heads then up to get you. back to work then get back to work yeah exactly <laughs> uh but they're on fox Sports southeast uh which is one of the craziest things right our new coach is gonna have a press conference and it's gonna be aired on fox Sports southeast We're famous how, how we are is famous that? that is so insane um not only that but this is also another point of, so when the schedule came out we have 17 nationally televised games which is the most of any team in mls but you know what's crazy we have internationally ones too like my dad in yeah. england can watch most of our games like on That's sky so on sky sports like which is our what? sort of fox sports yeah people watch is in he england a fan? on MLS. oh my god my dad is a fan my dad is who's like, his favorite player oh i think he likes guzan because he's a he's a father of goalkeepers right but he also loves joseph martinez i did buy him a freaking iron tooth miguel Almiron shirt for christmas and now i'm like man <laughs> please don't leave because <laughs> right. he doesn't he doesn't want to rock a newcastle player no. so uh well other dates so like i said tomorrow uh, not tomorrow it's tomorrow for me now but it's today today at 11 a.m eastern standard if you're listening to this past then then you've already seen it congratulations i good hope for it you. was good yeah no i'm gonna be sitting there watching it with you um but all of the medicals for the players are today, uh, January 14th on Monday. Tomorrow on January 15th is the first official day of training. There's going to be some puke. There's going to be puke. There's going to be a lot of videos going out. This Blood, is gonna be sweat, a very, and tears. Yes, this is going to be a very busy week for everybody with Atlanta United 2. Uh, or Atlanta United and Atlanta United 2. Hard work starts now. Yes. I do not miss preseason. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so then also February 21st is the first leg of our ccl against um herediano in costa rica that's vacation a- yeah are you going no i nah. let's not talk i papers. wanted to buy myself a ticket and then i was like i should i can't leave that. the country yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right i forgot about that <laughs> moving on i so- am legal everyone do not worry <laughs> <laughs> so the 21st is the first leg and then the second leg obviously is going to be in kennesaw against herediano and that's going to be on the 28th in Kennesaw, second leg. They'll, I forgot the date that they're going to be uh, le- releasing tickets to buy. But it's going to be a fight for them, guys. Oh, Get in there's early. Only, I think the, the stadium itself eight. seats eight. But I think standing room only, they're going to be able to go up to ten. So Ticketmaster is going to break. So be prepared. Everybody, it's going to be like those parlay jerseys. Yeah. It's going to be awful. Absolutely awful. Um, other dates after that. March 10th, obviously, is our first. Uh, it's our home opener against uh, FC Cincinnati. 
uh, be there or be square. And then the next weekend is the most important weekend because it's my 30th birthday. And it's also St. Patrick's Day. Champagne so, for everyone. Champagne for everyone. But you're paying. I can't pay for you. <laughs> I love you all so much. But no. So we are obviously playing that game against Philly. We'll see how it goes. Philly sometimes have been been pretty good surprisingly good uh, but it's your birthday so we're gonna yeah win. but it's my birthday so we're gonna win obviously like six, luck no. of the irish <laughs> and then the next date i definitely want to get to is obviously gonna be an important thing that we need to discuss and then obviously segueing us into other things but july 7th uh we play at home against the new york red bulls which is already in my mind the uh i have a rivalry in my mind with the red bulls I'm yeah, not look, a big fan of them. No. Whenever we play them, it feels like a rivalry. I think it's because of how the first ever game went. Yeah. I think I would, the fact they kind of so. tainted that. Yeah. Kind of spoiled and then it just our got party. Bad that, and, and then, then it got bad. Like, we've never beat we've never beaten them in the regular season. No. And then Bradley Wright Phillips. Ugh. I can't. Mm, makes me so mad. Makes me so mad. So anyway, we play at home against the New York Red Bulls on July 7th at 2 p.m. But one of the most important things about this is that it's literally the next game right after the Women's World Cup final in France, which is going to be on Big Sports Fox, which is a big deal. It's a big deal. This is the second time we've been after a World Cup. <laughs> what does that mean I for mean, Atlanta United? You just got to think about the viewership. Yeah. And particularly in the USA where women's soccer is such a big deal. Right. right. We have a chance of winning this thing. Yeah. Well, we legitimately do. So like, do we England always now. Do, England are pretty good too this year. So be on the lookout. But <laughs> um, Basically, I just think that viewership is going to be huge and it just shows that they want to use us to keep that viewership. All TVs yeah. care about is how many people are watching. Right. We so they've keep tried to pick channel. the most profitable game possible of people that want to come watch it. So they've picked... A bloody good game. I, they I really, picked an amazing like, game. We're talking about which rivals. Which I'm so glad that it, it was so unfortunate after the men's World Cup that we had to play Seattle because yeah. Seattle knew they were coming in here and they didn't give a they didn't give a shit if they no. played an awful game. No. They just cared about the points. Yeah, which is fine. But, but this like, is going to be a fire. This oh, this is going to be it's a battle of the East. Oh, for it's sure, a rivalry. You know, they hate us after. After we beat, beat their the butts. shit out of yep. them, yeah. After we embarrass them, let's we be did. honest. We embarrass we, we them. Embarrass them. Yeah. We embarrassed all of New York during the playoffs. <laughs> How amazing is that? What is it? The peach? The peach is greater than the peach the is apple. <laughs> but it is. We literally it's a beat big deal, both though. NYCFC and the New York Red Bulls to advance the MLS Cup, which is two of the best teams in, in New the Jersey. League. In New Jersey. <laughs> full, of, full of jokes today. <laughs> but no, the Women's World Cup. Exciting yeah. times. Yeah. Very exciting times. And it may not be the Men's World Cup, but... The USA has a chance of winning it, so let's get behind them. I mean, them. <laughs> they they won the last World Cup. Mm -hmm. I mean, so the USA women is champs. a powerhouse in women's football. Absolute it's, powerhouse. It's been a very interesting... Um, I've been able to watch a few games. The rotation of the squad is changing, obviously, because certain players are getting a little bit older. Rapino is still there, which I think is absolutely necessary. She is a rock. She is the veteran experience that you want on the team. Same with Carly Lloyd. Um, but, and Alex Morgan, you have these players that have played in previous world cups and you're obviously going to be leaning on them when you're going into the world cup. But in your opinion, U S women's national team, what are their shots? What are their chances, uh, compared to some compared to England compared to France, which I know is also, um, looking really great 
going into the World Cup. Same with uh, Spain and Brazil. I think what's interesting is the USA has been so used to being the top dog in women's soccer for so long that mm-hmm. now the rest of the world is starting to catch up. Yeah. Like there have been games when the USA, I always remember, and again, I can't quite remember the exact time or scores, but USA played Japan in some sort of World Cup final and they absolutely destroyed them. Japan like, did. No, USA, USA destroyed. Yes. It was like a 4-1 final. Yeah. And if that didn't tell you about how USA was a powerhouse, like, I don't know what does. But now, if you look at the youth team. I believe that was the last, was last World, World Cup. Cup. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched it with that was, that was the Carly Lloyd yes. shot from yep. midfield. Yeah. Right opening the game. Yeah. And Ridiculous. she scored. Yeah. yeah. And I think what's happened is the USA has kind of continued on a par at mm-hmm. a good level. But everyone else is just going up horiz- uh, vertically. Yeah. So everyone is catching up. And if you look at the youth level now, the USA isn't dominating anymore because yeah. everyone else is catching up. Yeah. I watched the Ghanaian women's team and they were amazing. Yeah. And there's more and more countries with professional women's leagues now. There's a Colombian professional league. There's a Mexican professional league. England finally has like a fully professional right. uh, super league. Yeah. And so as the game grows in these other countries, the USA has to continue to grow its women. Otherwise, they're no longer the going to be a powerhouse. Yeah. But it, that may not be a good thing for USA fans because they're going to be facing a far bigger challenge. But for the gamers itself, it's going to be so much better because it's going to make for a better World Cup. Absolutely. You don't want World Cup finals to be 4-1. Yeah, no. You want close, competitive games. You don't want teams blowing each other out all the time. Otherwise, what's the point of watching? Right. So I think this year will be the most interesting World Cup yet. I think it will be... I think there's going to be a lot of surprises. Yes, I think it's going to be unpredictable, just like this year's World Cup for the men. And I think that's what it needs because it needs people to be interested and it needs yeah. people to watch and support and not turn their nose up just because it's the women's game. Because I'll tell you, they call it the more beautiful game for a reason because, you know, we may not be as strong physically, right. but women have a great brain. They have a great style of play mm-hmm. and they have... Build up, the, build up, build up, build up on women's on women's yeah. soccer is a lot more interesting and to watch. There's a lot of I I don't like it, but I think it's a fairer game too. I think there's less of the gamesmanship. I think there's a lot more tough as nails stuff. And I I I know from when I was a kid and I was playing soccer, right? And this is probably not the best the or the the most easiest example or the the best example to use at this moment, but um there's this there's this talk about women's toughness in soccer mm-hmm. and and how it's not as uh to a level of men's soccer mm-hmm. i know that when i was playing soccer when i was young i was maybe in the years of eight to ten um i played and i constantly took out people's legs yeah, i considered myself now knowing or to everybody that is listening i considered myself the lgp of my team um <laughs> she's humble years to old. everyone um very humble uh i I, I was a defender by, by trait. I wanted to make sure you did not get any advantage on my team. I, I tackled girls. I was extremely rough at a very young age, rough enough to where my coach and my parents both agreed that I should probably try some other sports. So <laughs> she got banned. From I got soccer. banned from soccer. So obviously you've, you've played all your life and you still play now. Um, tell me how, in your opinion, that the the whole quote unquote m- women's men- mental toughness and physical toughness does not necessarily compete. is it is. it it doesn't need to compete because it's on it's its own other level. Yeah. 
So for me growing up in England, I grew up in a time where women's soccer was growing, but it wasn't quite at the level of engagement in like near and around me. So I played with boys. I started at five or six playing with boys and- uh, You beat the shit out of them. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. (laughs) And I'm very grateful to my parents because they invested- highly in me and like on private training because I ended up playing in goal basically I still remember it like no joke to the day the whole team was lined up there was like 10 of us nine boys and little me and the coach was like look we're gonna need a goalie and no one put their hand up and I was like uh, they never do that's also one of the things in pickup whenever yeah. I'm playing pickup the guys like no none of them want to play goalie and I'm but like do you know how, do you know how I ended up goalie. being a goalie this guy Chris Chris Green was his name he literally said to me if you play in goal you get to play the whole game so my hand, my little wow. hand shot up and that's how I ended up being a goalie. And ever since I've never looked back, but I earned a nickname and I can't believe I'm going to admit this with the viewership, but I was called Mad Cat in Mad goal. Mad Cat. Mad Cat, like crazy cat. Crazy Mad cat. cat. Because I was the scariest little crazy woman in goal ever. Like people, my mom couldn't even watch me play barely because she'd be so scared, but I would dive in at people's feet like a little cat, like pouncing and... It had nothing to do with my I've, gender, I've, how I played. I've it was played about, with you when you have not been in goal, and I could probably say I would agree with this. I, <laughs> you are probably one of the most ferocious women I've ever played with in my entire life, and you even scare me, and I'm a teammate. But I think that comes, like I said, I think it comes from honestly playing with boys was the best thing that happened to me because it created that I always had to prove myself. Mm-hmm. I felt like I would show up, and the other teams would look and be like, oh, there's a little girl in goal. Yeah, let, and yeah, like how oh how, how I felt cute. so bad for them. Yeah. yeah, and then they would be like giving me bat passes. It felt like with shots, and then they realized. And even now, I tell you, even now as a grown woman, like twenty four years old, playing in goal, when I show up to play, if I play and go and pick up, you'll see grown men won't want to shoot. They'll like kick it at you. Yeah, and then after a while, they'll see and they'll see and they'll be like, oh, actually, she's quite good. And then they'll start ripping the ball, and then they'll realize, oh, okay. So I think for women, what's hard is they constantly have to prove themselves. Yeah. That if you see a guy in goal, you just assume they're going to be a good goalie. Yep. You just assume they're a goalie. If there's a guy that goes in goal, you're like, oh, okay, he plays. It's a guy that stands in goal with gloves on. You're yeah. like, oh, you're like, he's oh, a okay, professional. He's a, exactly. But if a girl's in there, you're like, oh, poor sweetheart. Yeah. Oh, look at her. So yeah. I think that women can be just as tough. It's just about how they want to make it. And I think that as the women's game's grown and watching like at a professional level, there's some girls that put in some nasty ass tackles, like some high oh, tackles. Oh, for sure. I mean, you've seen... You've, Everyone's seen the video of the girls pulling hair. Like, oh, yeah. I think that the issue is girls are scared. And the reason we have such a high dropout of young girls playing soccer is they're scared of being manly. Or they're scared yeah. of not being able to be beautiful and good at soccer. However, I, f- I feel like maybe a few years ago that might have been a reason. But I feel like now as, as MLS has grown right so the the viewership of soccer has grown uh not a, a huge amount but it's, no, st- but it's steady way enough. you walk around yeah. a tailgate and you see so many women and it's so the many best women. thing ever it and used I've, to be when i was a kid when i would go watch soccer games my dad used to always make jokes about the restroom line yeah because for me i would take one minute because there would never be a line for the female restroom right for the guys they have a because the fans there were one in a hundred people might have been a girl. You go in and it's pretty much 50-50 at a tailgate. Oh, the same with when you go into MB, uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium yeah. and you go to the bathroom. The yeah. men's line is out the door. The women's line is out and the door. And that's the best thing that is happening right now, the growth in the women. And I think 
and also from somebody i'm sorry just to cut you in but like coming from people that listen to this podcast um i've had people come up to me uh with their daughters with their sons yeah and they've talked about how uh, even on our podcast that their kids listen to our podcast and that we're inspiring them um one particular person in general you know who you are but your lovely daughter comes up every time I see her, but you, you always tell me how I'm a, um, I'm forgetting the word right now. Role model. I'm a, thank you. I'm a role model for her because I'm hanging with the boys. Exactly. There's always been this, this, uh, motto, or there's always been this thing hanging above my head, um, that women can't sit in a group with men and discuss soccer and it and be based on a le- Without, on the same level. And I hate to say it, and I and I'm but I'm going to like as a kid when I wanted to talk soccer, I was either a tomboy or worse a lesbian, like stigmatized. I got both stigmatized. those also. Yeah, and it's just I have nothing against. Like yes, there are soccer players that are lesbians. Yes, there are soccer players that are tomboys. But I would show up in college. And <laughs> I would have if I if I'd have worn makeup that day, I wasn't going to take my makeup off to no. go play soccer. The same as now with pickup. I, I can be a feminine woman and play soccer. And play soccer. And when I step on that soccer field, I'm still feminine. I'm just a badass feminine person. You Absolutely. Know? And I think that. And you can sit and you can have these conversations and you can. And I, know enough. Yeah. And I shouldn't have to defend myself constantly. Or the worst one, I think the worst one, and people mean it with respect, but the worst one, you know a lot about soccer for a girl. For a yeah, girl. For a girl. Thank you. Like it's I like rea- like having to equate me yeah for my gender and i think the thing is this is this is one of the things that we talked about before we even started recording is that i will admit i am not an expert on soccer and i try every day to learn something new i try every day to work towards where i want to be and i can still sit in a conversation with you and and have a conversation with you and admit to not knowing certain things but at the same time you might know, know certain things but if if i go into a room where i'm sitting there talking to a man and i might not it, i'm just the the level already walking into a room You're where already a man knows about soccer at a lower yeah. level even if you know just as much and i think the funniest thing for me is when suddenly i tell someone oh i played in college Oh, they'll suddenly feel stupid for the comment they made. Yeah. You know, oh, you. Oh, how did you? Or even, and I, I don't mean to. Uh, I understand some people are blissfully ignorant, or they don't yeah. mean to. But even if they watch me strike, oh, you kick a ball really nice. You know, when, where did you, where did you learn to kick a ball? Yeah. I learned when I was six years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've been playing for my entire life. My, here's, here's one of the questions I do have, though. Uh-huh. Does that, does this conversation change when you're back in England? It are women seen as being allowed to be more not necessarily allowed. Allowed is a terrible word to be using, but do, is the is the stigma there different? So women, if they talk about soccer, is it less about oh how much soccer have you actually watched as like it is here because men in MLS have been seen as this eternal they've always watched since the very beginning mm-hmm. sort of thing and i think that in england we are there's been a big campaign hashtag women in football recently that uh, oh, I didn't even has that been was run. A- yeah it was it was on a low a low level but they even have like a female soccer player emoji it's the best thing ever oh, that's awesome um 
I think it's growing and we have, there's a, a complete like role model of mine called Jackie Oatley. She was the first female to ever commentate on match of the day. And as women's voices are getting more common on the game and you see more female officials, stuff like that, I really think in England, it, there's still a stigma and I think there always will be. I mean, women's football was literally banned in England for a period. What? Like it was, it was banned. Like there used to be professional football in England years ago. And I, I, I don't know the dates, but within my grandmother's lifetime, women's football was banned because it wasn't a suitable sport for females. So I think we're always going to be catching up. We're always going to be overcoming, but it's getting better. And I think it's getting better here too. And I think with, I don't like to blow our own trumpets, but as more people get used to hearing a female voice talking about yeah. stuff, and like more two people, females on a podcast yeah, talking about like soccer. This. How crazy is that? One I don't think kind. I've ever. I, I don't think, think I've heard new. it. Yeah, I think this is new. I'm. I. I'll have to do some research, but I really, honestly, don't think I've heard two females just just two females talking no, about no male perspective. And I think as that becomes more common, and I'm not trying to be some lady that thinks men can't have an opinion or kick them. Oh out. no, because, because I love men. We, we love. I. I. Yeah. I, I we love to cuddle with you guys, so please don't don't. Leave One us. guy, well, I I well, am. A, that's true. That's true. It's I'm only a good me that likes multiple. <laughs> <laughs> I um, don't. I'm going to that back real quick. I just want my boyfriend to still love me after this podcast. Um, but in all seriousness, I think that it's not that I'm trying to replace the male voice. I'm trying to add contrast, and I'm not even contrast. No, wait. I'm gonna. I just want. I am trying to speak about football as a human being yep. not as a female and i just want to see it at the table yeah i think i want i want to be able to sit down with everybody else talking about Cup. soccer at a bar drinking a beer with you talking about soccer i think that i'm allowed to be in in that situation and have the same weight and level as you and just not be surprised and i think it's growing and like say yeah. if you go to a brew house on a saturday there's a good female population and people are getting People know, once they learn you know about soccer, they respect you. But my issue is you shouldn't have to learn me to think that I might have a clue. Right. It needs it's, to be that you see someone and if they say, oh, I like football, it's no more question. Or I like soccer, rather, it's, there's no more it's the same. Asked. It's the same with, uh, to, to bring sort of an analogy in here, it's the same with anybody when you're starting a new job and you know that you know your stuff, but you have to constantly prove that to let everybody at your job know that like your boss your co-workers uh, people that randomly come in uh, clients you have to constantly prove to them that you know what you're doing it's the same thing with women in soccer is that we are constantly day in and day out on twitter on instagram live in person when you meet new people i've had people that have come up to me when i'm standing with my guy friends who aren't necessarily podcasters and people start talking about soccer and then I interject something and this new person that's coming into the group is like, who are you? Yeah. And it's like, ex I'm, I'm somebody who's also in this group talking about soccer. Just yeah. the, the fact that I'm a female Shouldn't should change. not be a detriment it's or something that again, silly analogies, but when I'm playing soccer tennis at tailgates, yeah. there's just such a surprise that there's a female hanging, but I got to tell, tell you, you though, you are a monster. <laughs> I sorry. I know we've like discussed this in the first half of this podcast, but Holy <laughs> shit. Watching you play soccer tennis. I, I get frightened. I'm, I'm frightened playing with you. You are a frightening person to play with because you are aggressive and you are strong willed and you you're very good at what you and do. we need more women to or young girls need to realize they can be like that and that's yeah. what that's our reason i guess that's what we're trying to get here that 
We're not trying to replace men. We just want girls to realize that this game is theirs too. Yeah. It's the same thing whenever I go out to play pickup soccer. It it upsets me almost every week when I go out because I'm either the only girl there, and that's more common than not, or there's another girl there that shows up and plays with me or plays in general. But I... It's my one to like 30 guys. Mm-hmm. And it's, sh- I want more women to be like, okay, we can come play pickup because it's, you should be allowed to play with the guys and we shouldn't be seen. And this is also something that's been irritating me when we're at pickup soccer is that, oh, you've got a girl on your team. It's not a weakness. And no. that's what I think is very important, but we're growing. We'll get there. I think the world cup's going to be a great thing and yeah. we're going to continue to speak, say our things and Go female footballers. <laughs> Woo. So uh, we're about to wrap up the podcast. Yes, um, some of the things that we like to do here on Unrelegated is read out your iTunes reviews. Um, and I know that Jay on the last uh, podcast that we did that was sort of not a live crazy drinking fest on my behalf podcast was we said that if we got to 75 iTunes reviews, we would do a giveaway. Right now we're technically at 68. So... We need only uh, seven more. Yeah, I think seven so. more, and they better to- be about us. Like, I yeah, want, I want name it should be mentions. all female. Please. We want name mentions about how brilliantly we did. Yes, and the fact you want us back. Maybe like, her together. brilliantly. You don't have to comment on mine. I'm I am three glasses of champagne in. So um, I'm gonna start here at. Um, soccer no bueno. Oh, that's a very interesting name, sir. So he says best do i'm assuming it's a he it could be or she i apologize oh so oh, uh, <laughs> we're doing I a good am, job of practicing what we forgot i'm so sorry <laughs> so best duo five stars and says love these two we love you too thank you uh jess do you want to read the long paragraph or do you want me to do that one the five star five stripe podcast yes from nicknames nicknames peanut nicknames peanut i like that <laughs> this podcast is everything i wanted in an atlanta united podcast Two individuals plus guests. That would be you. Passionate about this club and the sport in general. That would also be you. Wow. Whether you are new to the sport or an aged veteran, you can ride along with them. They give in-depth analysis, opinions, transfer news, and above all, you get you pumped for all things Atlanta United. Quit reading this review and get invested in the podcast. You won't regret it. Hashtag unite and conquer. We will pump you up. (laughs) That was actually a really great reveal. Are you pumped? Um, I, I'm super pumped. I like actually Peanut. Super Nicknames now. Peanut. I think you, when you leave to go get dinner, I'm just going to sit on my couch and rewatch the MLS. Okay. I don't blame you. <laughs> so, uh, NGSU, nothing's going to stop us now. <laughs> uh, best ATL UTD podcast, five stars from M Dubs Suds. Yes. Love the name. Jay and Kelly have the best recap of each match, the best guest, and love talking Atlanta soccer culture, supporters, and the Atlanta United experience. Yes, we do, because it's a huge part of who we are as this team. All right, you get the next one. Okay, last one. It's from Kajennings. 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 You guys are fun to listen to. Love listening to people talk about Atlanta United. Thanks, guys. Keep it up. Oh, we will. Oh, we sure will. Um, so I really just want to thank everybody that I, this is obviously a very unique 
a different way about going about podcasts. It's two women talking. I know that that seems like a sort and of And one weird has an accent. Come on. And one has an accent, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. It's so much more entertaining. <laughs> we and are nailing I everything. Have, I, as an actor, it's been very hard for me to not try to mimic your accent. Because I do that sometimes when I'm talking to people Anyone with Anyone that can Twitter reply like an imitation of my accent i will personally reply and see how that goes <laughs> i literally want to see people like recording videos oh my gosh <laughs> that that should be the challenge the jessica challenge the Jess, hashtag jess voice <laughs> jess voice challenge oh my gosh so a lot of uh different things are coming out obviously with unrelegated um we had this first po- first podcast of the year. Thank you for joining. We've got a lot of videos that are going to be let go, let go. Whoa, uh, released from Jay uh, in the next few days. I mean, he just released that amazing one with Anderson, the the new kid we signed from the Super Draft. He did one with Breck Shea, which is Breck Shea's fan club, or uh, uh, the Breakfast, which was fantastic. He's got one coming out because uh, he took a poll about which player he'd want, and the Tito. Uh, hype videos coming out Whoa. soon. And he said that's one's going to take a little bit longer because there's a lot of great things to pull from from Tito, right? So there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out on Unrelegated. We're going to also be doing Instagram TV very, very soon. So please be locked on our Instagram you mean we for can't that. wear sweatpants when we record? Oh, we can... Wear sweatpants if you want. <laughs> it's up to we can just we can do whatever. We're literally on the couch cuddled between my dog, so we can do whatever we it's want. It's a good life. <laughs> so, like I said, please stay tuned uh, to unravel all the stuff that we're coming out. It's going to be a very busy few months leading into our home opener. Just stay with us. Stay tuned. You're going to love all of it. Uh, I do have to give a huge thanks to our sponsors, Dave W. Photography for images that we still did caption this shit. Um, Jay did a whole thing where he did an almost an entire month of just MLS cut photos. It was amazing. Thank you, Dave, for everything you do. Dave's my homeboy at Soccer in the Streets, too. Yes. We love you and everything you do for us. So cheers, so Dave. Dave is a photographer uh, for the Atlanta Silverbacks for the past three seasons as, and been donating his time as a photographer for Soccer in the Streets. Uh, you need to check out Dave for his portfolio and hit him up if you have any photography needs. And you can find him at www.davewilliamsonphotography.com. And also to mock the agency, Don Mock. He's a creative advertising agency, graphic design, and digital studio on 14th Street. If anybody needs branding, packaging, graphic design, or website work, they are the shop for you because creativity is their speciality. And they do amazing stuff. If you've seen any of the hype videos that have come out recently, the Unrel in the sparkling show lights is ooh, the font ooh. they made for us. Beautiful. They do incredible, incredible work. You can find them at mocktheagency.com. So... Here's our final rundown, guys. Leave us an iTunes review. Like I said, once we get to 75 reviews, we are at 68. Uh, we are going to do a big giveaway. Big, big giveaway. Um, And, you know, we might do one at 75. We might do it at 100. I don't know. A little one at 75. A big one, one at 100. Big one at 100. So just uh, make all the comments. Come on. We have make some great things comments. to comment about. So, uh, Jess, where can they find you? Uh, at Jessica. Jessica. ATLUTD <laughs> <laughs> on on both Twitter on and Twitter. Instagram. No, Instagram's like Jess Charman Zero, <laughs> but I'm on private, so you're gonna have to be really nice if I <laughs> let you follow me. <laughs> well, either way, follow her. She's absolutely incredible. She gives great comments and uh, feedback toward anything Atlanta United. And I'm blushing. 
And she's no, she just she's incredible. She does great work with Soccer in the Streets. Where can they find Soccer in the Streets stuff? At Soccer Streets for everything, and then SoccerStreets.org. Do you have anything uh, coming up for Soccer in the Streets? Uh, we are recruiting players currently for our Nations Cup. So if you want to come out and represent your country, hit me up at Jessica at SoccerStreets.org. Awesome. Amazing. And you can find Jay at J underscore Riddle on Twitter. I'm not really sure if that also uh, goes to Instagram. Um, and then you can find us at uh, Unrelegated. Uh, we are on all the social platforms at Unrelatl. That's U-N-R-E-L-A-T-L on all the social media. And what if we want to find you? If you want to find me. Oh, hello. Apropos. Uh, you can find me at the Kelly Francis. That's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. It's on Tinder. That, oh. <laughs> I got you. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> no comments. Um, it's also on Snapchat. Moving on. <laughs> That is literally the end of our episode. I would absolutely, if you've gotten to this point already, you've been committed. You've listened to literally everything. You've like a full podcast. Both of us had to say, and I would absolutely adore to hear what everyone thinks. Two females. I don't know if that's been done. No, I think we're you. We may be a record setter. We might be a record setter. Once again, I'll have to look and see, but... Either way, for Atlanta United... It's at least the first Atlanta United female podcast. Yeah, that's ever been done. And I'm Have you enjoyed it. it? That's the question. Yeah, that's the... Are we, are we enjoyable to listen did to? Did we give did our we, gender like a good, a good yeah, show? Yeah, I feel like we did. I think we did. You know what's so crazy, though? If two we men did that, that. <laughs> Like, we're, we're literally contradicting <laughs> everything, but you know what? We want we, evaluation right now. We want praise. <laughs> Just Damn tell it. us we were brilliant. Please. <laughs> All right, just give me champagne and say you did wonderful. <laughs> right now I'm asking for my husband to find me. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you again for listening. Thank you for joining us on our first uh, episode of 2019. Can I really quickly, what is your prediction for this entire season? Just an overall view of the entire season. I think season. we'll make playoffs. Okay. And I think we'll beat the Costa Rican team, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure how far we'll go. But I, I'm excited. Because I think we play Monterey after them. Yeah, it's, yeah. A big, it's a big deal. I'm just going to live game at a time and just be very happy to be enjoying this ride with Atlanta United. Like I say, I think we've got big, big hopes, big goals, but it's a new era with a new manager. So that'll be interesting. I yeah, what about think... You? There's so much going on this year that wasn't happening last year. And I think that at times there's going to be so much going on that we can't fully digest it all. But I feel like this is probably going to be a better season this year than it was last season. And I'm looking forward to every bit of it. And I I love that it's new. It's always exciting with us and we're ready to go. It's completely new too. And I can't wait for that new jersey. Yes. All right. Well, anyway, we love you all. Thank you so much for listening. This has been on Rallocated. Whoop, whoop. You can be amazing. You can turn a phrase into a weapon or a drug. You can be the outcast to be the backlash of somebody's lack of love. Or you can start speaking up. Nothing's going to hurt you.
Maybe he took the wrong pill.